Dear Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Welcome back to the You Disciple podcast. This is Sister Mary Helen, and I am here today in the beautiful Ballarat, which is bursting with flower right now, with our good friend of everybody in Melbourne is um, Anna Crone. Hi, Sister Mary Helen. Welcome. Welcome to the You Disciple podcast. First Thank time. You. It's great to be here. <laughs> we are in the beginning of Holy Week. It's Holy Monday right now, and uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat today about about Holy Week and about how it um, what we can learn and how we can enter in. Um, so Anna's done a lot of study in a lot of different areas. <laughs> She's a bit of a master on anything about femininity, John Paul II. I don't know what are your other so many other things. Kind of a bizarre, like a, you know, like a a, a bizarre where you see all the different. Theologian rugs, rugs hanging out on the that's me. <laughs> You've got something Theological for everyone. Bizarre, yeah. One of those could s- be a name for a podcast, good scribes yeah. that <laughs> takes out the old and the new and the that's right. hasn't Everything, been yet. Everything's out there. It's all happening. It's all happening. <laughs> and uh, and so and you've done some work or you're doing some work about um, iconography. Is that true? Yeah, um, I'm looking at um, how important Christian imagination is and forming imagination and capturing people's imagination using what I call really great Christian art, whether that's architecture or iconography, which is a very formal kind of art, um, and using great figures like Fra Angelico, who we all love because he's Good a choice. Dominican <laughs> preacher of the paint. <laughs> and he paints in you know, he paints and preaches just by, by imagery and he's pretty extraordinary the mm. more you look at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So oh, I've just come off a retreat with uh, young people. And not that there was tons of artwork, but we we had a really privileged entry into Holy Week where we had the time of three days of silence to just really spend with the Lord. And what struck me um, on the Saturday night, we had an extended um, time of adoration. And it was just amazing just sort of the context for that we it was dark we had candles everywhere and it was just candles and the lord exposed and silence and there's something about that time that environment that was really conducive um to a real encounter with the lord yeah fantastic Um, yeah so i think we're going to have a look today uh, at holy week and how sort of along that kind of iconography iconographic lines of how the church as a mother helps us enter in to the uh, fully in a hum, fully human way into the experience of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, here we go. You're listening to the You Disciple Podcast, where we put the you in disciple. Okay. We're off and running. So, <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about how the church is a sort of a mother yeah. in this time? 
For sure. And a bit like everybody, I'm sure, by the time we get to Palm Sunday, you suddenly realise how you haven't had all the length that you wanted to have. <laughs> and, and you suddenly think, gosh, I, 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 was, I was going to do all this and I didn't do this and I didn't pray like that. And I, and I think really we get caught up in that crowd outside, uh, outside Jerusalem, at the gates of Jerusalem that we hear in the scripture readings and in the liturgy of the church, which brings to life the scriptures. Mm. Um, and I, I was privileged to be in a parish where I was also giving a talk and uh, I was part of the Palm Sunday celebrations. Mm-hmm. We stood outside the church and, and uh, Father said, lift up your olive branches and your palm. And, and he really wanted us to be sort of part of the crowd. And I think what's so brilliant about the church's um, appreciation of senses and imagination is when you think about it, uh, Palm Sunday is a, is a real onslaught of our senses. Mm. Like we can smell the olive trees, the pine. Sometimes people use pine leaves, mm. whatever they're using. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of greenery going on there. Yes. Which is um, a sort of a celebration. But it's a celebration with a shadow, isn't it? Because we start out at the front of the church with the readings, welcoming the Messiah who comes on a donkey. And you can almost hear that donkey plodding through the big crowd. We're in a crowd. Mm-hmm. People are shuffling around. And probably we're conscious that people are driving past in cars. That's and true. watching us, uh, we're public. We're doing mm-hmm. a public thing when we do Palm Sunday, um, which people might have various feelings about when right. they're there. But it's engaging, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. one of the most engaging things. And by the time we've walked into the church, the whole mood of the church has changed and so is the mood of the crowd. Mm. Um, and it strikes me that doing that little pilgrimage from outside the church into with our blessed palms, which we keep as a sign of our adulation of the Messiah and our devotion to him, mm-hmm. which is, I'm sure, very heartfelt. Uh, but we experience the pivoting, the famous word at the moment, pivoting, <laughs> the bad pivoting of the crowd from one of reverence and celebration of the Messiah to almost like a disillusionment. They've mm. suddenly been sucked into another powerful political dynamic where they turn on Jesus. And mm. it's just phenomenal and I was thinking yesterday that's so the human heart mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so the human heart and yes. so we're we're really doing an exploration into our own hearts and the way we are fickle mm-hmm. about the redemption that Jesus offers us it's hard to say those words isn't it when you're wow, yeah. I, I don't know some parishes they have you join the crowd response yes that's right yeah, yeah. and it's sometimes really hard it's like, I don't I don't want to say that say but at the same time in my life I see at times we do say that. Yeah. We so do. it hurts even more, I think, to say that. It really words. does. It's very painful, actually. And, <clears throat> and you know, um, we, we actually experience what happens so often with crowds and mobs. They turn on a dime, mm-hmm. don't they? Mm-hmm. They, they, they? They turn and pivot into a, a violent, irrational crowd. And that's what the crowd in the scriptures are. Mm-hmm. They are irrational. Do you remember, mm-hmm. here is Pilate trying to be the urbane um, <laughs> kind of Roman reasoning, but come on, surely you want Jesus to be liberated. And they just scream. They don't actually think. They don't actually try to use their reason, Mm -hmm. their God-given reason. Mm -hmm. It's all gone. And yet, isn't that us? Little Mm -hmm. tantrum throwers that we are (laughs) uh, in all sorts of ways. And I think it's a very profound experience of our own frailty Mm -hmm. and our own fickle behaviour and our desire to love, but so often... There's a kind of idolatry about ourselves that enters in. And it's just, I just found it so incredibly well illustrated yesterday by the liturgy. Um, yeah. And I hope that 
everyone took something from of that. that away. And so it kind of sets you up for Holy Week. Right. Like it just, it's sort of a, an experienced examination of conscience. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. okay, I've got to get to confession like <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and and it's, a real, it's a real sort of scourging of the heart. And I believe in some of the readings today um, there's a reminder of the purification of the temple. Mm. So it's, a really, it's a really purifying experience. Mm. We walk in being part of a really happy, happy crowd and we walk out irrational mass, a mob, mm. or at least we enter into that experience. And I'm sure all of us can relate to times when we've kind of rejected God's grace. Mm-hmm. Um, thought I can do this on my own, mm-hmm. um, as Adam and Eve did. Right. And it's really humbling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the first, first really visual. And, and we use a lot of senses in Palm Sunday. We use mm-hmm. the palms. Um, Father Pritchard was saying to me yesterday that when he was in Poland – um, they use uh, pussy willow oh. because that's the coming of sin. So they, uh, spring, they oh. actually welcome the Messiah with pussy willow. Cute. So with all the hope of spring, it's <laughs> a right. different. It's a totally different totally thing. Different. They don't. They don't do. Um, let's use the the branches from the Mediterranean, which we do. We use olive right. or pine or palm, whatever we've got available. But they use that. So, wow. but it's the same. So you know, here we are all celebrating, all cute, happy. Yeah. And we suddenly turn. Yeah. So. Very cool. So, yeah, so there's something about that. Um, it sort of marks the rest of the way Holy Week is going to go. And I know last year on the podcast we went in detail through every moment of the liturgy and there's just so much. It took us forever. But uh, there's so many different ways compared to our normal every Sunday Mass. There's mm. all these extra actions like when have you waved a palm the rest of the year you know or so all these extra things that help us actually another lovely thing that the parish that i was in did uh they actually distributed little crosses made out of woven palm leaves and so what was the celebration suddenly becomes the cross so that's very vivid yes and when you think about it we then have the narration of it's a matthew's gospel right the whole passion scene Mm -hmm. so we get plunged straight in yeah to the Paschal mystery, yes. Except for the resurrection, we stop short of the resurrection. Yeah, so there's so a, a lot in your mind already. Like you've, you're absorbing also just all of that truth. Like it give, it packs your imagination already with it's a real the entire passion. <clears throat> yeah, okay. and and you look, know, that's why I think it's so helpful during the week to take that narrative and then come back into the stations of the cross, for instance. Exactly yeah. on the Friday. Mm. Okay, well, we can't cover everything in Holy Week, but if we just take snippets, <laughs> if we move from Palm Sunday, then yeah. hopefully we get to confession between then and we restore or we renew our um, our friendship with the Lord. Yeah. Then we have this other experience of, um, let's say, Holy Thursday, which, I mean, the Mass is amazing. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> you know, and the again, it's, it's celebration and grief at the same time. Yeah, yes. It's 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 like a feast in a way. It's a yeah. feast day. It is a feast day, but it's also a pivotal point of the beginning of the the, pa- the passion. Yeah, like I'm gonna, I'll be with you always, and in the Eucharist, but I'm leaving. I'm leaving, yeah. and and I need you to stay awake. Yeah, and we have to, in a small way, we get invited to be the disciples in the garden, um, to to have a vigil, mm-hmm. which is vigilance uh, all the way through the scriptures, be awake, stay awake. Mm-hmm. So it's our opportunity to spend five or half an hour or three hours, whatever we can afford to do in our own kind of time budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, encourage people to try and encourage us all just to push it a little bit. Yeah. Know? And it's always very moving 
it's one of it's the most beautiful time because it's like a very concentrated adoration, mm-hmm. isn't it? Where there's nothing, the lights are out. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think the altar of repose is away from the church, the main altar. So it might be a side altar or might be in another place. So you do a little procession, mm-hmm. singing for joy about the gift of the Eucharist, but also almost being banished from the garden right. in a way. Yeah. So we're and isn't it interesting? One of the great things I I was talking about with a parish group last week, and they really loved this discussion. We were looking at one of Friar Angelico's paintings. Um, of the arrest of Jesus in the garden. And there's a whole lot of really beautiful things that Fra Angelico brings out in his fantastic art, which he has on the walls of, Fra, of San Marco. So every friar, however young, however old, however learned, however simple, had this extraordinary fresco on his, you know, like a mystery of the faith. It's just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. This one of the arrest of uh, Jesus has so many interesting things. So one thing... Um, Judas has a black halo. Ooh. So he's turned his face on the light. Wow. And the, and, and the halo we have is only the grace that God gives us. That's, that's, and the saints have a halo. They are illuminated because they get out of the way of grace. They let grace work in their lives. Mm. So they become, if you like, uh, illuminated by the light of grace. Uh, and all of that goes back to one of the readings we've had in Lent, which was the Transfiguration, where Jesus' yes. clothes become dazzlingly white. He's, yeah. he's, he is the glory of God, so he mm. is the source of all the light. And of, and of course, if people have gone to Tenebrae or any of those liturgies, they will see the single candle burning after all the other candles are snuffed out. Mm-hmm. So, just this reflection on light and darkness in that yeah, in that, yeah. in that fresco is extraordinary. Right. Also, um, Peter's explosion of violence, right? You know, I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. And he's a kind of um, unguided missile at mm-hmm. this point. And he cuts off the ear of the servants. Mm. And you see that in the scene. And he's pushing the ser- poor servant, who's probably just standing there, down to the ground and slicing off his ear. And um, that's – so I'd suggest if anyone wants to really contemplate those mysteries in the garden, there's two really beautiful ones from San Marco. You can find them online. Wow. Just look at them carefully. There's so mm-hmm. much going on. And it's so well done. Yeah, I think I'm just thinking back to the convent. So, say Mother House, uh, where you know you do all things to the max because <laughs> you that's your your time and your space and your life. Um, there's something I was talking to someone yesterday actually on the way home from the retreat, and I was saying, yeah, I mean, my spouse is dying. I mean, this is personal, um, and, and all of us same. But there's this you're very concentrated, very you, yeah. yeah. So and, and what's really interesting in Fra Angelico because he's Dominican, he, yeah. he speaks to your spiritual life. Um, surrounding surrounding Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament is often greenery and beautiful flowers, yes. and that's appropriate, right? Because Fra Angelico also has Garden of Gethsemane flowering, yes, and green. Yep. So it's as if, in a way, nature is respecting who the saviour is mm. while human beings have turned against him yes it's a really profound understanding of creation in other words creation is still giving glory to the lord uh-huh Beautiful. and um and we haven't we've turned we've either fallen asleep like the poor old apostles who in one of frangelico's paintings are kind of lounging They're yeah kind of and you can see in them the struggle we all have mm-hmm. to try and stay awake mm-hmm. and i mean that in a metaphorical sense as well because we do need sleep yeah but we're told to stay awake and our culture is really one of making us very drowsy. Mm-hmm. If you've ever got caught in a what they call a death scroll on your phone, 
you know, you just keep scrolling through wow. to see the news. You realise how drowsy your intellect becomes. Yes, yeah. You're falling asleep uh-huh. and you're not really – the edge on your intellect is kind of I'm doped out yes. on, on, on the satisfaction I get from looking at images. So maybe one little way we can honour especially the triduum of Holy Thursday, the three days of – is maybe to really fast from media, mm-hmm. from that drowsiness that that creates in us. Yeah. Sometimes media can help us, but sometimes it can be it's a, a distraction. distraction. Yeah, just wides us. I'm just thinking even uh, f- for myself that, that Holy Week, I love it so much, um, but, but there's a lot of tradition worked in there that helps you enter in and even say, for example, the Garden of Gethsemane, the Altar of Repose, is a big effort in the convent because we want it beautiful and we spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and there's linen everywhere and there's greenery everywhere and there's flowers everywhere and candles everywhere and we make a huge procession and we practice all the hymns and you 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 enter into this you know and after singing a psalm they went out and you you're walking with him um and i think maybe some of those little things even in our own homes of I'm going to make my space with the Lord. I, I'm going to enter into a um, an intimate space with Him mm-hmm. on that time. And actually, wouldn't it be great if everyone had a little corner? Um, yeah. I think you know some of the best Catholic cultures actually have bring the home into the celebration of Holy Week. Yeah, and uh, I know in the Polish culture, uh, they celebrate Holy Saturday really beautifully mm-hmm. and waiting, and they fast really severely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you can find a way in your own home to have a little corner that's just really quiet and it's devoted to mm-hmm. that beautiful idea of the altar of repose, even if it's just a crucifix. Yeah, anything. Anything. Just but you, you have actually the Blessed Sacrament in your house, so I guess you have... Right, until 12 and then he's gone, he's oh, taken wow. away. So wow. there's that whole, the arrest and the, the departure from the garden is, is so agonising because you go from this moment of intimacy in, in friendship, like you feel invited with those three to to see the Lord in his um, suffering in this deeply sort of vulnerable yeah. and experience. He, and, he, and it is, it's really, his heart's broken. Yeah. And so you're there in this intimate moment with the Lord and then whoosh, he's taken away. Wow. So you feel the raw. I mean, the, lang- the, the way the liturgy is, the liturgical imagination used for these feasts is so important. Yeah. And and that's why um, I noticed one parish I was in there encouraging people just in the street, anywhere, putting little notices in the letterboxes and inviting mm. people to come. Beautiful. Because in some ways it's our richest liturgical time. Absolutely. And and even people who've been away from church are very welcome. Mm-hmm. I encourage you, even if you haven't been for a long time, Yeah. this week can be a real turning point. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Palm Sunday. Gethsemane. Yeah. We've already travelled a long way. We've gone a long way. We're skipping over, you know, Good Friday. Yes, just because it's so intense. (laughs) (laughs) We're kind of, we're we're looking at, and and I know another amazing thing, um, if you ever get a chance to see one of Fra Angelico's Garden of Gethsemane, Agony in the Garden, he has a really original uh, depiction of it. He has uh, the garden Mm -hmm. and he has, he's clearly making a link between the Garden of Eden Mm -hmm. and this garden, the Mm -hmm. Garden of Redemption. Mm -hmm. So it all takes place in the garden. Remember where Mary Magdalene meets Jesus is right. in the garden and he sees him as Jesus, the gardener. Yeah. So there's a real little image going on there. He's up in the corner and the angel is bringing him a chalice of consolation. Mm. Uh, 
on the left-hand side are the three – is like a mass of bodies and it's all the apostles. Yeah. The three apostles all just clunked in sleep. And St John being the youngest is really fighting to stay awake but he's given up. He can't, he can't do it. But on the right-hand corner inside a little enclosure, almost like a little tabernacle, are two women. Huh. And it's Martha and Mary. Oh, And right. they're keeping vigil. Beautiful. Somewhere else. Mm. They're praying uh, – Martha's praying with one knee up as if she's about to jump up and go to the door, <laughs> which is very Martha. Glass yeah. of water, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Mary's very still and she's just got the scriptures in front of her. I think it's an incredible oh. insight into feminine discipleship by yeah. Fra Angelico, who, being a Dominican, would have had uh, sister, 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 poly, sister, sisters in her, his community that he knew and prayed for him, mm. probably nuns, contemplative sisters. Well, yeah. And... He was very conscious of them praying for probably him as a priest, him as a friar. Yeah, it's true. And I think there's a beautiful complementarity of the two parts of the church here. You know, mm-hmm. The apostles, mm-hmm. who unfortunately, have flopped into sleep. <laughs> <coughs> and these beautiful contemplative women, um, one who's a bit more active than the other. She's the extern sister. She's the Martha, extern yeah. sister. <laughs> and she's waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. But um, beautiful. It's all just done with, with imagery and it says so much. It's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. So recommend if anyone can find that. Print it out. Don't have it on your phone. Print it out. There you go. Yeah. You can put it and then put some little greenery in. Put there you go. Bam. 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 You've got, You've got your space. garden of Gethsemane. Beautiful. What a great idea. That's true. And even just even the texts, um, uh, I really appreciate that. There's so much you you feel a little bit oh where should I focus my attention but um, just the fact that Saint John has that whole you know John seventeen just just go there and just read that yeah. beautiful and the scriptures of course I think again for Angelico is so good at bringing the scriptures to life he's very faithful to the scriptures mm-hmm. um, he sometimes adds a little bit of imagination like this one of the contemplative church yeah. so he's very ecclesial and he's very scriptural and he brings the two together and you could certainly read. Uh, St John, and then just have this and then visual. ponder yeah. it, yeah. And, and it really helps to focus our intellect, sure. as St Thomas knows so well. Yeah. The senses just need to be directed. And that's – we were talking about the church as a mother. Sometimes you see mothers trying to direct kids at mass, don't you? And yeah. And they say, just look forwards. <laughs> right. So is it like the mother church going, look forward. Yes. Stop playing with your tow truck. Uh-huh. <laughs> look, look forward. Stop playing yes. with your toys. Yeah. Just for this time, mm-hmm. be silent and – Focus yeah, this way. This direction. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Last moment we're going to pick is Holy, Holy Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Interesting. One of, one of the great mysteries yeah. of the Paschal mystery. Uh-huh. Uh, wow. It's like everything's taken away. Everything. It was a tr- let's try and list all the things that are taken away. There's no holy water. There's no holy water. There's no statues. The altar has no cloth. It's all stripped. It's stripped. It's completely stripped. Stripped bare. The uh, tabernacle doors are open. Open, yeah. And and in our churches in Ballarat, at the cathedral here, we've got all the statues covered as well, which has been happening since the beginning of Lent. So all the figures are covered in purple. Mm -hmm. So it's as if the shadows just grow and grow and grow Mm -hmm. over over Lent. And now we're in Holy Week. It's happened. The shadows come right up to the altar and it's just the Lord's gone. Yeah. And there's no... Morning mass, don't know, no liturgy of its own until the vigil. So that whole day is, um, if you've been in it, if you've been really in the Triduum, when you get to Holy Saturday, you you feel a little directionless. Wh- wh- which way do I look? And that's almost good. It's it's making me think. And this is 
just a strange thought, but I remember reading one of C.S. Lewis's books um, in the Narnia series, and and one of them is just this guy, and uh, is it the boy and his horse or something like that, so. or the horse and his boy, horse and his boy, yeah. yeah. And I remember reading that book going, oh, my gosh, it's so boring. We're just going through the desert. Why? And um, and it was just this experiential thing of, yeah, you, you're supposed to feel like that. Yeah. You're not there yet. It's This is part of the thing. It's supposed to be boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think one thing, too, I know a lot of people are preparing for Easter Sunday on Holy Saturday. It's a day of preparation. Sure. And, but it's that you can always add a kind of focus to the day by, for instance, choosing to be very silent apart yes. from essential conversation or turning off all media apart from something that might be elevating for, for your mm-hmm. prayer and reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, um, you know, often going into the church with its emptiness and just spending a bit of time there. It can be really – it's very sober, isn't it? It sobers yeah. you. And I think another thing it allows us to do is – experience with all the thousands of people who live without God. Mm-hmm. This is what the world is like, really, yeah. without the Lord. Yeah, well, Pretty desolate. It's like we were talking earlier, I think it's just about the imaginations. The other days are so full and this is such a stripping. Mm. Um, yeah. I think we were talking about some Jewish traditions as well. Yeah, uh, in, in, in leading up to the Passover, which is you know, timed very similarly to Easter for obvious reasons. Um, the women of the house have a task of cleaning out every single scrap of yeast from their cupboards. Mm-hmm. So all the way through the week of Passover, they're throwing out yeast that they make their bread with and bread and and leavened bread mm-hmm. because they have to make room for the new yeast. Mm-hmm. And the Passover, uh, they, they associate the... Obviously, this getting rid of yeast with the unleavened bread that they needed to use for the Passover, because mm-hmm. it was not time to make bread. But uh, a beautiful tradition in the Jewish tradition is to to clean every single spore of yeast so that you have fresh yeast. You're op- you're ready. You're open for mm-hmm. fresh yeast. And if you're a bread maker, as I've you been are. making sourdough. My <laughs> sister-in-law gave me some sourdough, and I didn't do it during COVID. I did it at the end of COVID. Ah. But the magical thing of making. Um, saving up your sourdough mother and <laughs> getting it all sort of primed to sacrifice giving that away is yeah. really it's quite something you sort of <laughs> go wow if i was jewish i'd have to throw this all out yeah or go and give it to some, sell it to someone one of the rabbis said you can sell it to someone oh no <laughs> seriously <laughs> sell it so you don't have it in your possession sure um but it's that's another thing of stripping away. So there's a, you can see the continuity between the Old Testament and the New when yeah. you think about that. I have this great thing. I know it works. I've used it for, I've ages. Used it for this ages. is This is working for me. Why do I have, why to, do I have to set to this aside? Why, do I, why am I emptying this out? And it's a really serious thing. Like they have to completely clean yeah. every cup. So you don't want even a spore of old yeast yeah. coming into it. It's fresh yeast and you have to rely on the Lord to give you. And that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We have to say, I've got to empty this all out. I've mm-hmm. got to strip off all my masks. Mm-hmm. I've got. Uh, I think we were saying beforehand, it's a bit like that um, moment when Adam and Eve were stripped, mm. and they, rea- well, you know, I think in John Paul II's theology of the body, they realised they were naked. Mm. Hang on, we thought we could do this all on our own, but we've got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've got nothing. We're just naked and uh, yeah. before the Lord, and that's a scary place to be. <laughs> a little bit, but obviously, yeah, it's a, it's important for us to experience that emptiness to be able to be 
really fueled by the resurrection. Yeah, and to be get, to get ready for something that you actually just can't imagine. It's mm. it's bringing in my mind. Um, I don't know why I'm with Lewis and Tolkien, but the Tolkien, um, you know, whatever that tool he uses in his books of you catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, you get to the the depths of the depths where there just isn't any hope, and then we we think it's all yeah. ruined, and then and doesn't and the then Lord of the Rings take you there? You know, when you're going up Mount Doom with with Sam and um, Frodo, Frodo. and the, Frodo's just just wasted, isn't he? He's yeah. got nothing. He's, he is very much the figure of Christ going up yeah. Calvary, even though we know he's not perfect and he's not the Lord. Right. The human physical experience, he's just broken. Yeah. And we were saying um, one other beautiful thing about Holy Saturday was that a bit like Sam, who's the faithful, the faithful one, mm-hmm. uh, Sam... Gamgee, who's helping helping Frodo carry the ring to the top of Mount Doom. The one person who's still there, everything stripped away, is Our Lady. Yes. And she's she's still faithful. She's still mm-hmm. praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disciples have run away in fear, dismay. Judas is on his way to ending his life. Mm-hmm. Terrible mm-hmm. drama. Uh, we don't – some of the feminine women – uh, the feminine disciples like Mary Magdalene are probably just in terrible Distraught, grief. Distraught, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the hair flowing everywhere for <laughs> Mary Magdalene. One of the great things about the iconography of Mary Magdalene, her fla- hair is always streaming all over the place <laughs> and her tears and her hair and all streaming in all kinds of directions. Yes. Um, and so there's just this composed figure. Right. Little sanctuary lamp of And Mary. she's in grief and she's like the little sanctuary lamp. Mm-hmm. lamp. Yeah, she's the... In uh, John Paul II's Redemptorist Martyr, he has this beautiful image of Our Lady as, which is traditional, of Our Lady as the morning star. Mm. So all this darkness, and there's this one little light mm. just still burning, mm-hmm. uh, even through Holy Saturday, and, yeah. and she's there. And she's the morning star coming up before the sun rises, and it's such a powerful, beautiful, beautiful image. It is beautiful. I think that's where I end up going on Holy Saturday. Like, I just need something Um yeah. She just holds your hand. Yeah. Mm. And I, th- yeah, I, it makes me even think of, I was blessed to go on pilgrimage to the Holy Land a few years ago and you're in this desert for so long. We we went up through Jordan and just everything's dry and nothing. And then we got to Ein Karim, like the place of the visitation, and all of a sudden poof, there's green everywhere and the spring of the Virgin and, and I've cried and it's not typical for me to to do that or to to have such a felt need for a mother like I just need mum and um and I think Holy Saturday kind of brings that yeah Yeah, and isn't it appropriate to Saturday because we keep Saturday as our Marian day in the church's calendar yeah you know it's always the Marian masses but you're right Mm -hmm. and that's something I hadn't thought of but there's this real maternal aspect um to the Catholic tradition, I think we're so blessed in, and the Orthodox tradition where mm-hmm. uh, the Theotokos, the one bearing God, um, is so powerful. And when people say, you know, the church doesn't re- respect women, mm. and, and sure, individuals fail and systems fail, we know that, but this is just so extraordinary, yeah. that she, this figure. And I think, again, I think for Angelico really gets it, and, and in his painting of Gethsemane, he's starting to say, look, these two are sort of like mothers, but then there's... The mother of mm. God mm-hmm. is the one faithful one mm-hmm. um, through all this time. She's the true disciple. She's the first disciple. She's the true disciple. 
Mm-hmm. She's our mother. Mm-hmm. She's the figure of the church. Yeah. She's the daughter of Zion. All those beautiful things that the popes and mm-hmm. many others have reflected on. And and someone like that, you see the role of the mother, you know, this maternal part, um, particularly in just thinking all these disciples who've left the Lord, you know, Peter's been out there weeping. Uh, how does he come back around? They come back to the room where she is. And they just gather around her. Yeah. She's the still point in the storm. Yeah. And the fear and all the stuff going on at Pentecost. She's the still point. Yeah. Who um, would welcome you back after you've denied him three yeah. times? Yeah, like John Paul II um, actually connects the Annunciation, her still point before Archangel Gabriel and Pentecost. Wow. So it's like the church had to travel that whole distance through mm. Paschal Mystery, had to go through that mm-hmm. in order to really realise who the Redeemer was. It's amazing reflection. He ties the two together and he says, there she is, still standing. Mm. Yeah, beautiful Mata. stuff. Stubborn Mata, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, wow. really great. Wow. Wow. Lots well, of us to think I, about. Now I want to get into Hollywood. <laughs> 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 okay, we'll be back in just a minute. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. Well, thank you so much, and this has been lovely. I feel like we've just had a uh, lovely uh, chat. <laughs> We're just we having have. like a, a, a shared meditation on um, yeah. Holy Week. It's, it's, it's actually amazing. helping me enter. And in. I think we've all discovered new things. Yeah. We, we yeah. didn't plan half of this. Yeah, yeah. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, where do people find you around the place? What are you up to? Well, one thing I'm doing is I'm the convener of Anima Women's Network and one thing we're doing where you can find us is on the 15th of April in Easter. Oh, that's right. In Eastertide, uh, Sister and I and some of the Dominican sisters and all you lovely an- Anima ladies who've been coming will be doing a little mini retreat day uh, at Kilo Downs Parish. Mm-hmm. Um, have a look at our... Anima website. I think you've got your website too, Sister. Oh, I think it's up on Facebook. Or it's something. up on Facebook, yeah. So have a look for that. Yeah. For, for women, especially. That's right. You're talking about mothers, right? Yeah, something I'm like talking that. about spiritual motherhood, <laughs> there which you is go. perfect. Come hey, on. We've just, we've just done it. Um, the other thing we um, we really encourage you to do is to find a, a, a spiritual guide for the week. Mm. And um, I'd recommend uh, Pope Benedict's Jesus of Nazareth. Mm, beautiful. Um, his chapter on Gethsemane is astonishingly good. Yeah. Um, even just the catechism or something might yeah, might help yeah. you. The scriptures yeah. certainly. Just read every account of the yeah, passion, and just have one that you can slow down with. I think because mm-hmm. one of the things we do is rush around, and I think in a, Australia one of the traditions is that everyone goes and has a long weekend, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but see if you can find a little corner in those long weekends, and mm-hmm. see if you can be near a church where you can celebrate with the church. Amen. I think. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. What well, else? Thank you very and much. what mm-hmm. else? What else can we say? Is there anything else we need to say? Uh, what you're doing at the chaplaincy is really great. It's all happening. Yeah, it's great. I don't uh, know. I'm looking after the Catholic Women's League. Yeah. Uh, I'm involved with the Carolyn Chisholm Library. That's true. So we're hopefully soon, um, we we have a little outlet at St Michael's uh, Parish in North, in North Melbourne. Yes. Where the uh, Prasadi boys are living. But yes. the front of the every Wednesday, the library will be open. Oh, that's great. So, again, go to the library website. Yes, another good way to um, renew your imagination. Yeah, and there's also <laughs> we have some amazing books and I know um, some of 
the students from chaplaincy helped us move and they yes. go, oh, my goodness, there's so many there's so many books. good books. And they're, they're classic books, so, yeah. Well done. Well, have a wonderful Holy Week. You too, sister. And we will uh, catch you on the other side yeah, of the bless. resurrection. God bless you God on the other side you. of the resurrection. Um, Indeed. Bye-bye. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.